to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi, everybody. Let's get right into it here. Um, first of all, I was bumped from the uh, Quite Frankly podcast from Tuesday to Thursday, so I think the plan is for me to be there on Thursday, and I'm going to describe again a lot of the victories that are taking place here across the country with a lot of parents now walking around as millionaires because their insurance claims have paid out. And as you might expect, the uh, powers that be and the enemy doesn't want anybody to pay attention to the victories that took place throughout American K-12 schools and the insurance bond issues and how that all gets done and how you don't need a lawyer to do it and how you can put pressure on all of these school districts to uh, hold them in check on a constant basis. So again, I'm going to attempt to bring that up on Thursday and, and get through as much as I can in the time that I'm allotted on uh the Quite Frankly podcast and show, we'll, we'll see what happens. Whatever I don't discuss there, I promise I'll bring up in more detail in, uh, in, in a future episode, to say the least. So there's that. So I'll be there on Thursday, I assume. Um, the next thing is to give, send, go for Stacy and Damien. Uh, the money for that is going to go to them next week. Anybody's still interested in donating, you can. As of right now, they are staying in Canada. They're choosing to do so right now, even though they're unemployed and about to lose their rental property. Um, their landlord has decided to apparently sell their rental property out from underneath them, and they're in dire straits. So like I said from the very beginning, regardless of where they go, every cent is going to go to them. I, I can't make it any more clear than that. Um, so there's that. And they always know, of course, and I'm in communication with them, but uh, they know that they have a place here if they want it. And there are people here that can find them work, and they're welcome to come here if, uh, if things get tough. But isn't it interesting, again, how nobody's talking about the victories in American K-12 education that are occurring right now, and nobody's talking about Canada anymore right now. Just like that, poof, it's all gone, apparently. But the thing is, is it's not gone. It's, it's still a problem. It's still going on. And just because everybody's distracted with what's going on overseas and, and actually the very good things that are happening over in Ukraine with uh, Russia taking out the bad guys. Um, yeah. So there you go. There's that. Um, again, one of the cool things that, again, occurred as a result of the victories regarding the massive insurance claims that are being dropped on elected officials' insurance policies and their insurance bonds uh, has to do with the, the, the mandates being lifted all over the country. See, they're claiming that, well, it's the science and it's the CDC and it's the science and we've just been paying attention and now we're in the green zone and everything is okay and blah, blah, blah. That's not, that's not it. They got caught. They all got caught. Everybody who was filing claims, all of these parents, citizens, registered voters who have been filing these claims, and again, I'm going to go over that process in a step-by-step -step process on Frank's podcast, that's my plan, is that when these claims pay out, these elected officials are on the hook for thousands of dollars in deductibles, personally. It's not the school district that pays the deductible. The individual who signed on the dotted line pays the deductible. That's the actual insured individual, the elected official. They're the ones that pay the deductible. So that's in the tens of thousands of dollars. 
And then, of course, the maximum that a claim can pay out is in the millions. Sometimes it's one million, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's five. It just depends. But if a child has been hurt and they've all been hurt, and if a law's been broken and endless laws have been broken, and you can file these claims with the school's insurance company against their bond, they have to pay. So it's not an accident that all of the sudden all of these schools in the blink of an eye within a week just dropped all of their their mask mandates, in particular throughout Ohio. And then, of course, they did their best to try to keep them on school buses. But that's been illegal since the very start because that breaks federal law. It also breaks state law because school buses are not public transportation. They got caught. That's a, that's a victory. That's a good thing. And we can't jump from one fake lily pad of of demoralizing destruction onto another fake lily pad of demoralizing instruction. We have to bring up the victories that are taking place. We have to talk about these, and we have to educate people about how to become victorious in moments like this so that the next time, and there will be a next time, that you can hold these individuals in check. And that's, again, worth bringing up to say the least. So, With all of that said, let me move on to this now. I got a great email from a listener to the podcast, and they heard the episode where I had referenced Miss Alabama passing away from an apparent head injury. Uh, And then I said, it's awful that the second that we start hearing about this now, we all think that it's jab-related, again, myself included. I hear of a head injury, you know, you think somebody fell because of the jabs. Well, this excellent listener got back to me. And they were friends with Miss Alabama. And I'm just going to read this email word for word so that you can hear what they said. They said, quote, Good afternoon, Dr. Brooks. Wanted to say I love your podcast and I look forward to every new episode as I have an hour and a half commute each way. I wanted to provide more information about Zoe Zozo Bethel, Miss Alabama. I was a close friend of hers and she was very involved with Turning Point USA, a reporter for Right Side Broadcasting, strong Christian, and awake, not woke, to the COVID jab. She was not vaccinated, quote-unquote. I've been communicating with her sisters, and people have made accusations of suicide, etc., which was determined false by the police investigation. The case is still open, and from what I've read, has currently been considered an accident, quote-unquote, but seems more like foul play, but praying for justice and her five-year-old daughter and family. Thanks for all you do in spreading the truth and for your courage. As we see in the book of Revelation, it's the cowardly who are among the first who will not inherit the kingdom. Quote, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, all and all the liars, they will all be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death, Revelation 21.8. And I appreciate the email and the update. Uh, foul play, apparently, no doubt. And that's awful. So I do wish uh, her family the best. And I hope that whoever is investigating that actually gets to the bottom of, of what actually took place. Um, let me bring up this story now because I think that this continues to sort of prove the importance of needing security cameras if you don't have them already in your home. Ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, the jabbed are getting crazier and crazier. 
So let me describe what just happened uh, the other day. I'm at my parents' house, and I'm helping them, helping my mom cut down a tree in their front yard. This whack job pulls up, who lives in town. He pulls his Mustang around. He's driving like a white early 2000s Mustang, mid-2000s Mustang, whatever. It's a stupid car. He, he pulls around, and he gets out, kind of this big piece of trash. He's wearing a mask. And he's got his cell phone in his left hand, pointed at me, down by his waist like he's trying to hide it or something, as he's recording me. And I'm standing there with an extension cord and a sawzall in my hand because I'm about to cut down this little tree that's dead. And um, he comes up and he asks me if my name is Doug. And I said, no. And he said, you junior? And I said, I guess. Or I went, yeah. And he was looking for my dad, this guy. And he starts yelling at me that my dad was yelling at his daughter who showed up to deliver Girl Scout cookies the other day. Now, this didn't happen. The, uh, the, the girl showed up with Girl Scout cookies, but the guy was claiming, the dad was claiming, that he yelled at her to take her, that my dad yelled at his daughter to take her mask off. And that it scared her daughter and her daughter was upset and blah, blah, blah. Then the big guy starts to say that he went to the police department to file a police report about my dad yelling at his daughter for, <laughs> for wearing a mask. And so I immediately just smiled and started laughing at this guy. And I said, so having conversations with people is a crime now? And he starts yelling at me. And he goes, he was yelling at her like I am you. And he starts screaming at me. And I'm standing there. And then I just, I had had enough. And I just looked at him and I just said, piss off. And I must have said that like 10 times as he turned around and walked away. Started saying that we were going to go to hell. and. He's going to heaven and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the guy was, the guy's nuts. You know, the, the mad cow disease, ladies and gentlemen, which I've covered at length, spongiform encephalopathy, it's a real thing. It's a real side effect of the jabs, sterilization, attacking the gonads, you name it. I mean, this guy is not well. He's not well. He's clearly believing his fragile daughter. So, my dad shows up, and I went, so here's what just happened, Dad. And he starts smiling and laughing, and he goes, no. He said, I looked at her, and I said, you know, you don't have to wear a mask when you're on this property. And I thought, yeah, he did say that. And again, this is all video recorded. You know, we have the ring doorbell. There's, uh, there's security cameras. There were three security cameras on this guy. As he, you know, as he, as he walked up onto our property with, with a no trespassing sign, by the way, that, that he's staring right at. Um, it was amazing. But as soon as I mentioned that he was being recorded and that there were security cameras on him, I mean, he froze. And he got, and, you know, I caught him. But the interaction between my dad and his daughter was straightforward and cordial. And by the way, I've seen my dad do this with just about everybody who wears a mask who shows up to the house to do a job or deliver something. For example, a year ago, 
the Orkin guy comes around and he's wearing a mask. First thing, first words out of my dad's mouth are, you don't have to wear a mask while you're here. You can take it off. The guy goes, oh, thank God. And he takes the mask off immediately. He's like, man, I hate these things. He says the same thing to children. He says the same things to any adult, the Amazon person, the Chinese uh, delivery guy who shows up, the pizza person who's wearing a mask. Because you don't have to wear a mask when you're on this property, man. It's okay. And they're like, oh, thank God. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. And then they, you know, they go away. And then that's it. So, yeah. Fragile kids, you know, weak parents make weak children. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, I don't know what else to say. I feel terrible for the girl. And I, I, you know, I feel bad for her because she has brainwashed parents who have brainwashed her. She's probably double jabbed. She's sterile now. Well, can't have kids. Um, and, and dad has no idea. His name's Bob Wilson, by the way. And I told Bob, I said, Bob, you come back on this pro. He identified himself. I mean, he's an idiot. Uh, I asked for his name. He, he actually told me. I was like, thanks, Bob. Now I know who you are. And if you come back on this property, then I'll file a police report against you. I mean, the guy showed up to pick a fight with a 73-year-old epileptic. Think about that. I mean, a middle-aged dude showed up to record himself yelling at my father. That's, that's insane. Who does that? Who rolls up on a stranger's property just to yell at somebody? These people are crazy, ladies and gentlemen. They're getting crazier. They aren't getting better. That's not going to get better. The more and uh, I mean, the, the closer that these people come to the reality that has been hidden from them and yet is coursing through their veins right now, the closer they get to that reality, the faster the mental decline is going to occur. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. These people are not going to end up well. They just won't. They're going to be screaming, shouting, yelling, and again, rolling up on people's property. At the word of an 11-year-old or a 12-year-old or however old his daughter was, middle school aged, I think, um, if not early high school. And, and I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, yeah. Weak parents make weak children. That's it. Brainwashed parents make brainwashed children. It's sad. So I don't know. Security cameras, ladies and gentlemen, I recommend them. Carry a gun. I always do. Uh, Bob didn't know that. Bob didn't want to find out. I guarantee that. So Bob needs to mind his own business. And uh, it was a Monday when this happened. Afternoon, like later afternoon. I mean, go do something else, Bob. You know, get a life. Go do something else. Fill out a police report. Because his daughter was delivering Girl Scout cookies. Think about that. Honest to God. And yeah, it's worth reminding children, when you're on someone else's property, you can take the mask off. That's okay. That's okay. You don't have to wear it around us. You don't have to wear it all the time. And oh, by the way, little girl, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that your dad's brainwashed. I really am. I'm sorry that he has CNN on the television all the time, or Fox News, or whatever trash he watches. I'm sorry that that's the case, but there you go. So I'd love to inter. I would love to have one more interaction with Bob. I'd like to see if Bob comes back. 
I got a few other things I'd like to tell Bob. Um, okay, so there's that anyway. So that's uh, my latest update from a little segment I'll call This Week in Crazy Town. Next, this is interesting. This, again, I, I mentioned this earlier um, a number of weeks ago now. But of course, the left is calling this particular bill that just passed the Florida House the don't say gay bill. Oh, God, don't say gay. You're not allowed to say gay anymore in schools. That's what they want people to believe. And this, of course, comes from NBC News. It says, so again, bear with the language here that they use. The bill has provoked national outrage in recent weeks with major newspapers, Hollywood actors, and the White House weighing in. Has it? Has it? Most people haven't even heard this. Most people don't care. In fact, uh, it's a good thing. It means that they don't get to teach about trannies in school anymore. You know, because boys have penises and girls have vaginas, and there are people that don't like that. They don't want people to know that. They want people to believe that they should trade genitalia like we traded baseball cards back in the 80s. It doesn't work that way. So, it reads like this, quote, Florida's House of Representatives passed a bill Thursday that would prohibit classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in the state's primary schools. Good. It says the legislation titled Parental Rights in Education Bill, but dubbed by critics as the Don't Say Gay Bill, heads to the state's Republican-held Senate where it's expected to pass, and Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican who is running for re-election and is widely considered to be a potential 2024 presidential candidate, he won't run for president, has previously signaled his support for the legislation and, and is expected to sign it into law. A 69 to 47 vote. Good. Good. That's a good thing. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable that people are voting for people to talk about trading genitalia like baseball cards. I, uh, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, that's how far we've fallen. But I bet Bob would like that. I bet Bob, uh, Bob would be the one calling it the don't say gay bill and screaming at the top of his lungs that, you know, boys can choose their own sex. So it's, you know, these people identify themselves a mile away. Here's the next one. Um, and this right here is a doozy. Because as you might expect, the COVID jab tests, as I've also covered at length, are not only poisonous, but they're faulty. And they even say so in the directions inside the box of the Binax COVID-19 tests. They say so. It says if you wipe it on a wall, it'll test positive. If you, uh, Put tap water on it, it'll test positive. And they're calling these false positives, so they can't be trusted. This comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it's titled Ohio and Texas Issue Warning on Toxic Chemical Found in Mailed at Home COVID 19 Testing Kit. No kidding. It says the at home rapid COVID 19 test containing a toxic chemical that can be really harmful and even life threatening when exposed to a large amount of chemicals. Ohio, Texas, Ohio and Texas issued a warning after seeing an increase in reports related to sodium azide poisoning. Sodium azide. It's poison. But, you know, 
send it to children's homes and let them play around with it. Uh, a chemical found in the test kits after Biden promised to give 500 million COVID test kits to Americans. Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center released a statement regarding an increase in accidental exposure to a substance in these kits. They're handing these out, ladies and gentlemen, in school. They're in schools. They're being crammed into teachers' mailboxes. Don't forget to take one of these poisonous tests. Don't forget. If you test positive, you know, we're going to throw you in the meat wagon and bury you in the back. That's, this is nuts. You talk about filing a claim against an insurance company. All you have to do is say that your kid got sick as a result of being exposed to the poison of sodium azide inside of one of these tests. And maybe they did. I'm not saying you should fill out a fraudulent insurance form. That's insurance fraud. Don't do that. But if you got sick by playing around with one of these tests and you're a school and, and you're a school-aged child, your parents should fill out an insurance claim for the full amount. And again, I'm going to describe to everybody how that gets done and how you can do that. Um so there's that. <laughs> so there's that. You know, Schools poisoning people nowadays. What's the big deal? Speaking of poisoning, and poisoning behavior rather, uh, this too comes from the Gateway Pundit, titled, High School Assistant Principal in Michigan is Able to Return to Work While Awaiting Trial for First-Degree Child Sex Assault. Let's get down to the actual audio of this, shall we? As if more interesting things uh, can't come out of Michigan right now. But uh, let's, you know, send sexual predators back. And by the way, if memory serves me correct on this particular individual who is an assistant principal, it has to do with his own daughter. So, yeah, why not send him back into schools? Assistant principal at Ecorse High School facing criminal sexual conduct charges involving a child. 45-year-old Melvin Conway was arrested this morning and arraigned this afternoon on one count of first-degree criminal sexual conduct. Grant Herms is live tonight. Uh, so, Grant, what did the judge decide on bond here? Well, the bond is relatively low, just $75,000. You'll also have to be confined to home arrest and wear a GPS tracker that will let him go back to work at the school. In court today, Ecorse High School Assistant Principal Melvin Conway, the 45-year-old arrested by Detroit Police and the Wayne County Sheriff's Office. A Sheriff's Office spokesperson telling Local 4 Conway is accused of sexual misconduct in a case involving his daughter and that the alleged incident appeared to happen eight years ago. According to the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office, the girl was just 10 years old at the time of the incident and reported it last spring. We see this quite often. Um, it looks like at some point the victim shared this information with someone else who took uh, the initiative to report the incident. The judge today setting Conway's bond at $75,000 along with house arrest with a GPS monitor so he can still go to work at the school. As of this afternoon, Conway was still listed as employed by the district. Local 4 asked for a comment today but did not get one back. Conway is charged with criminal sexual conduct. And then it cuts off right there. Um, yeah. You know, ankle monitor on a sexual predator against his own daughter from years ago so he can go back to work. Because that's important. Because he needs to be around minors. These people 
are certifiable. The people who run schools are absolutely certifiable. Again, as I said in the Crumbly case, the people who should be on trial are the school employees, which, by the way, I'm glad I said that. One quick update from the Crumbly thing that I left out, one, uh, one detail. Not a huge detail, but it does matter because it shows more incompetence on the part of the counselor and the, and the, the dean of schools and whatever else. Apparently on day one, when they first had their very first interaction with, with Ethan Crumbly, who again the very next day uh, shot up the place and, and killed four people. But on day one, there was also a discipline report that was apparently filled out by somebody because either a student or a staff member saw, saw Ethan Crumbly watching a shooting on his cell phone. They didn't know if it was a movie clip. They didn't know if it was a video game. They didn't, they didn't know. And the defense lawyers asked the counselor, what was he watching? And the counselor goes, I don't know. And they said, did you ask Ethan to show you the video that he was watching? And he goes, no. And he said, so you didn't even ask Ethan what video he was watching of a shooting? And he goes, no, I didn't. I didn't ask him and he didn't show me. Do you see what happens when people are not curious? I I keep bringing this up. The lack of curiosity is a massive problem. It's deadly, as a matter of fact. And this is what the hive mind will, will create. When the hive mind consistently exists, in particular within an environment like a K-12 school, where they want everybody to just buzz, 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 and say the exact same thing at the same time, which again is what restorative practices is designed to do. I mean, they actually have a literal poster with numbered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines that a person is supposed to say when they get in trouble or if they're about to get in trouble you know they're supposed to say what it is that they did and then number 2 they're supposed to recite another line and and say who else was involved and what responsibility did i have in the action and blah 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 they they make them run through these communistic scripts on a day in day out basis to try to to try to reduce violence instead of looking at Ethan Crumbly and going hey give me your cell phone is that your book bag? Give it to me. And then you take it from them. And then you search it. This is not a crime. And if it is, you get a police officer there. I have suspicion, police officer, that there are things on these devices that I need to see based on reports that I've been given. Would you like to go through them, police officer, or would you like me to? In many cases, the resource officer is the one who will go through the stuff and they'll say what am i looking for and they'll say well right now is there a video on the kid's cell phone showing you know a, a shooting of any kind and that'll be the first thing they'll either comb through it and it'll either be there or it won't but then they'll start again you'll have another person in the room who's then you know who has a badge and a gun i should say is now questioning ethan crumbly this didn't happen either same thing with a book bag Resource officer says, what am I looking for? Counselor says, well, here's a picture of a gun 
and what what they've said. So based on this, let's see if there isn't a weapon inside of his bag. And then they search. What would they have found? Not on day one. On day one, they might not have found a gun. On day two, they would have found a gun. They would have also found a journal that would have been really interesting, where Ethan is talking again about violent things. This pieces things together. It would have gotten Ethan out of the building permanently. It would have, at the very least, had him detained for a short amount of time outside of the building. These were steps that were not made. But again, this is what the hive mind creates. It creates no individuality. And when you don't have any individuality, you stop thinking as an individual. You cease being an individual. You just start doing what other people tell you to do or want you to do. You stop thinking logically. Like, you know what? Maybe I need to be more inquisitive. Maybe I should ask more questions. Maybe I should, you know, do this or do that. Maybe I should get more people involved. They don't do that. They just they just do what the crowd wants them to do or what they themselves actually want to do because they think that, as I've said in the past, they just want to handle the entire problem themselves. Again, like the, like the counselor in the Crumbly case, same thing. You know, I have all of these students, he said when he was on the stand, and I just want to help everybody I can, and I want to do this and I want to do that. He wants to bring everybody in and have everybody be his friend. That's not the job of a counselor. As I've even brought up in the past, the job of a counselor has dramatically changed over the last 10 plus years. In fact, I saw it changing dramatically when I was a school teacher over 10 years ago. Same thing. They went from they went from being individuals who would only communicate with the individuals who consistently had issues. And I'm not using that slightly. I mean, they have problems and they need to talk to people. But they also would communicate with individuals who were brand new who maybe immediately showed a serious need uh, to talk to someone and be helped in some way. The problem is, is that that went away from them now being glorified secretaries. Because even as the counselor said in the Crumbly case or in the preliminary hearing, he said, he basically said that too. He said, we've got meetings like you wouldn't believe. We're always in meetings. We're always trying to do this. We're always trying to do that. There's paperwork. There's this, that, and the other. And then when it's standardized test time, they put the counselors in charge of that. Counselors have to administrate the test. They have to uh, pass the tests out. They have to check the test for their, you know, make sure all the bubbles are filled in correctly in XYZ. They're not really counselors. They might have a master's degree in counseling, but I can get a master's degree in counseling with half my brain tied behind my back. It's 10 online classes, a few tests along the way, and then you're a licensed counselor. It's not that difficult. And to bring this back around too, and you have to keep this in mind, these counselors themselves, to bring this back to that story from earlier, they are responsible again for scheduling in many cases. In fact, that's their primary objective. That's their primary job is scheduling. What student comes in when, uh, you know, how many classes have they taken, when do they graduate, this, that, and the other. And one of the things that they're supposed to do, whether they do it or not is another matter, and clearly in many cases they don't, is they're supposed to check whether or not a child has a criminal record of any kind. Now, we're letting administrators back who are sexual offenders or alleged sexual offenders. 
we're letting teachers back in the classroom who are sexual offenders, even after they're investigated by police and XYZ. This happens all of the time. They're also, of course, letting in students who are registered sex offenders. And I've brought up one particular story in the past, which I'm not necessarily going to repeat, but again, I was in a school uh, doing my <clears throat> excuse me, dissertation research, and that's what happened. There was, there was a student walking around the hallways, and they were a registered sex offender. So we can't expect these environments to all of the sudden find some moral foundation that exists within them. There isn't one in many cases. Again, everybody's just kind of blindly going along to get along within these environments. And to bring it, you know, bring it back again to the insurance issues, a lot of parents are winning in that regard right now, big time, big time. Because those insurance companies that, that are supposed to be covering these elected officials and the decisions they make, if their good faith and honesty has been shattered and the laws have been broken, which they have, by my count where I live, I'm standing on at least 10 state laws that have been broken by local school districts and nine federal laws that have been broken. Easily provable. Because I have their emails. I mean, if anybody's read my Substack and, and that four part Substack series that I have uh, most recently, I have their emails. I've read them. They're openly engaging in conspiracy, um, which is a crime, in uh, child endangerment at the very least, and inducing panic. Whenever, they, whenever a school district says, make sure you have a mask with you because we might end up having it. You might end up having to wear it again. You might have to put it on um, you know, just in case. We might have to go back just in case. That's inducing panic. You can't do that. That's a crime. That's against the law. But again, they don't know the laws that they're breaking. That's the large umbrella here. They don't read. They're not literate, the people who run these buildings and are in charge of these school districts. They're just not. I, th I, I think it's Remarkably unfortunate that they have no idea the financial peril that they're putting themselves in, personally, individually. They think that, you know, the district lawyers are going to protect me, and because I'm an elected official, you know, it's I'm protected. They're not protected from anything. When that insurance company comes knocking, that insurance company is going to look at them and say, you need to knock it off. Whatever you're doing, you need to stop, because I'm in possession of a claim that's very serious. And again, the masks alone, I mean, for God's sakes, the, <laughs> the masks alone break endless constitutional laws here. The First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, among others. That's child endangerment, oxygen deprivation, child endangerment. Well, they get mask breaks and they get to, you know, take them off from time to time and breathe and it's for their own good and we're trying to keep everybody safe. See, they can say all the things that they want. It's like when you would hear Hillary Clinton uh, plead ignorance. That doesn't fly. That doesn't fly. Well, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know. What, what, what do you mean I cleaned the servers with a cloth? 
I mean, when they plead ignorance, that just proves that they're covering up so much. And they're just doing whatever they can to, again, per- pick up mercury with a fork, and they can't do it. It, lo- it really looks pathetic. It looks sad. So, again, my recommendation is that you continuously educate yourself about this environment, but that you leave this environment. And if you have a child who has been damaged in these environments, you have a responsibility to figure out, very easy to do. You can simply email the treasurer and ask them this information of a school, of a school district, of a school board, and ask them who their insurance carrier is. They have to give you the name. Ask for the agent's number. Ask for the policy number of the insurance company that covers the school district. Again, whether it's a good faith and honesty policy, whether it's a liability policy, whatever it is, these elected officials are not keeping people safe. They just aren't. They think they are because they're brainwashed. They think that the masks help. But as I'm going to state on, quite frankly, and I'll state it here and you've heard me say it before, that now all they're doing is voting for their own neuroses as elected officials. They're voting for the things that keep them safe as far as they're concerned and keep them looking like they're logical people as far as they are concerned. I mean, what administrator, what building administrator, superintendent, etc., would allow an assistant, super, uh, an assistant principal to re-enter a building after being arrested and charged with the sexual assault of their own daughter. What, what school building would allow that to happen? Well, as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, it's American school buildings. They're the ones that would allow that to happen. And they are allowing it to happen. So, yes, I know I shout homeschool at the top of my lungs on a regular basis. It's the homeschooling families that are hearing this, and they're always breathing a sigh of relief. Always. They're, they're, they start to sweat a little, and then they just go, oh, that's right. We homeschool. We don't have to deal with this degeneracy on a constant basis. We don't have to deal with the gaslighting on a constant basis. I mean, you talk about the largest example of gaslighting that's ever occurred among youth. It's this. It's what's gone on the last two years. And just like that, poof, they think it's all gone now. Again, even California, Oregon, Washington have all allegedly done away with their mask mandates in school. Poof, just like that. They'll tell you it's because of optics or it's political or it's whatever. Nope. Nope. It's because the stack of insurance claims is a mile high for all of those schools' insurance companies. And these insurance agents are going, holy God, we can't pay all of this out which would make every single school uninsurable. And those elected officials, school board members, uninsurable. If they're uninsurable, they cease to exist. And that's where we have to keep leaning on these individuals. I mean, if you want to get back at them for abusing your child and abusing humanity, this is how you get back at them. And again, I'm going to go into that in greater detail on Thursday night. If I'm still on, don't know. But um, that's, the, that's it. That's the, that's the overarching theme there. And it's doable. 
In fact, today, I'm filing a claim against our city council for, again, the crimes that I've listed throughout this episode, among others, and not doing what they're obligated to do as far as their oath is concerned. Very simple to do. I have filled out the filled out the claim. I have bullet points of the laws that they broke, the dates in which they broke them based on their own voting actions, and I'll send it in. And I'm asking for a million dollars because that's the, that's that's the peak limit that they uh, that their insurance policy allows for, and they're on the hook for ten grand per person per claim. This is the kind of stuff, again, that they even don't know. They don't know this. Even elected officials are as naive as a brand new school teacher. They sign on the dotted line, they take an oath, and they go, all right, time to implement my ideology, and then that'll be it, and people will just have to deal with it. And if they don't like it, well, then they can just vote me out, or they can attempt to vote me out the next time. No, we can get you out now. We can make you sell your house, your cars. Empty your bank account, your 401k. That's what happens when you break the law. And if that doesn't happen, ladies and gentlemen, and the right thing doesn't happen in that avenue, well, then you go to a sheriff's department. And that's a whole other story, which I'll bring up later. So, with that said, we have the power, ladies and gentlemen. The founding fathers made it that way on purpose. Self govern. Self-govern, take the power back yourself. When you send your child into these environments, you're sending them directly into danger. Please keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. And you've heard the guests on my show on this podcast before too. You've heard them from lots of different schools all over the United States. You've heard them say, yep, pretty much the same here too. Yep, pretty much the same here too. Private schools, technical schools, you name it. So there you go. With all that said, I'll catch you on Friday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.